I'm going to tell you what happened. This is George and Mike. And he's gone. And I believe he flew with it before he left. That's what I think. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 2, we're going to start reading in verse uh, 4. God is speaking to the children of, of Israel. Understand something about the children of Israel before we get started. Their ancestors were enslaved in Egypt. Their resume was, I can build bricks. And God came to them in a mighty way. And they walked out of Egypt as free people. Once they were enslaved, now they were free. That's you and I, right? Once we were like the children of Israel. We were enslaved, but now we're free. We can worship God any way we want to. We can open up His book, and we're going to talk about this as we go through it, and we can let God speak to us. The definition of the Bible is God speaks. We have the ability to, we can can go to God in prayer, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Where we lift our thoughts and our desires and the things that are, are, are messing in our lives and we don't understand what's going on and why all of this is happening and why all the storms are coming. But they had come to a place in their life where they started to forget about God. They took Him for granted. One of the worst places for a child of God who has been washed in the blood of the Lamb, who has experienced the touch and the grace in their life because of what Christ did. The worst place for them to be is to take God for granted. There are a lot of Christians today, and I hopefully not in this church, but a lot of Christians who are, they have their feet in the world. And I mean, feet in the church, and their mind and heart is somewhere out there in the world. I'll ask you a question before we start today. What's on your mind right now? What are you thinking about right now? What's got your attention? And you're in the presence of the living God in, a, in, in, in His church. And the church is not this building, and it's not this microphone. The church is, I'm with God's people worshiping a holy, righteous God who said, Brother Doug, I love you so much. Here's what I'm going to do. And, and folks, we've got to get this personal. He came to die for me. Now, he died for you, too, but when I get it personal, God, what possessed you to love me so much that you take your precious son, who had never done anything wrong, who was with you before the creation, when, when the beginning started, and put him on a cross? So that I might live and I might have the joy and the grace and the peace and the strength and the encouragement of this mighty God. Why, God, would you do that? And the Bible says, because he loved me. And some of God's people are sitting this morning and and they got their minds on something else. And that's the way the children of Israel Israel were at this time. If you'll stand with us, please, to hold up your Bible. Thank you. 
Verse 4 says, Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, What iniquity, or what injustice? God's asking them a question. Now, let's apply that to our hearts this morning. God is asking us, if my mind is somewhere out there, you see, preaching, or maybe you're in the service and law, this is not an accident that you're here this morning. God planned this before the foundation of the world. And He's asking us, He's saying, What injustice, Brother Doug, have I done to you? Have your fathers found in me? that they are gone far from me and have walked after vanity or emptiness. Anything outside of the presence of God is emptiness. You say, Brother Doug, well, I'm saved. I'm a child of God. My name's on the church roll. You can have all those things and sit in God's house Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Wanting something in your life and you haven't figured out what it is. And God says it's because you went for my presence. He's asking us this morning, what have I done? What injustice have I done that you wind up in a dry desert just as empty as you can be? And all the things that I've given you. And then he said, Neither say they, where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, to a land of deserts and pits, to a land of drought and of the shadows of death, to a land that no man passes through, and where no man dwell. You been there? Sure you have. Before you were saved, you were you were walking in darkness. You were a blind man. And there was no light. And God brought you through all those things that you faced in life. And turned on the light. And once that light comes on, the glory of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. God doesn't intend for that light to go out anymore. But here's what we do. We forget what God has done, and our light starts to go dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And if you say, well, I'm not lost. I know you're not lost. But here's the deal. God's got something for you to do, and God's got something for this church to do. It. And both we can't do it if we're walking around in the darkness of the world because our mind and heart is away from God. And then he said, And I brought you in, into a pitiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when you entered it, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. God said, and I'm going to paraphrase here a little bit, I've given you everything to succeed. There's nothing I've put up there. I want you to think about that a minute. This awesome, mighty God. And the song, the song said, that they sang this morning before, it said, there's nobody like you. Gave you and I everything to have an abundant life in Christ Jesus. Lord, we love you. We praise you today for this opportunity, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you'll help us as we share your word. With the spirit of moving this church in a special way. 
that if someone in the service doesn't know your son, as their person says, I'm not talking no about him, I'm talking about know your son. We pray, Lord, that that day is in today. We pray for every church member in this church today. God is moving our church and moving it in a direction for His honor and glory. And Lord, we pray that each and everybody will understand I'm going to bring my heart my mind back to my feet, and I'm going to get my whole self in the church house this morning, and I'm simply going to worship you. That's our prayer, and that's our desire. And everybody says, you may be seated. Christianity is an, is an intimate, growing relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. It is an intimate, growing relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. Now, there's some things that I need to understand. God never intended me to stop growing. You know what amazes me? God decided he'd use Moses, Moses when he was eight years old. I told some uh, the praise team, uh, I was going to introduce him to Jay this morning. I, I said, no, I'll, I'll miss somebody's name because we got a clog. Every once in a while, it'll come up and be interested. I can't remember. And God uses, God don't use anybody that get eight years old. You know that? So I've got a chance. Levi, I mean, you got a chance. God wants to use us, and He wants us to grow as God's children. We never stop growing as a child of God because something God, God's got something for every child of God to do. Here's what we do so many times. We think that, that uh, Christianity is a set of doctrines. No, it's not. We think it's habits to practice. Oh, I'll come to church on Sunday. Brother George, if I don't come, he's going to have Brother George send me a letter. I don't want the letter, so I'm going to come to church. I, I, it's just a habit. That, I, I, that's what I'm supposed to be. There are too many of God's children sitting in church out today to come to God's service as a habit and not come to want to experience God in a special way. I told the praise team this morning we had prayer. I said, let's have fun today. This ain't no habit. I get to worship a glorious God today. I, I ought to be excited about it. And here I'll do. I'll walk around in my mind and my heart. There's a rose cooking in the oven. I got a phone call I got to make. Uh, you know, I can think of a lot of excuses. Put my mind way out there. And God says, I want your attention right now, right here, because this is a time that I want to, to put in your heart something that is special for me. It's not a habit, or it shouldn't be for a child of God. It's not sin to avoid. I'm coming to church, so I won't sin. If I don't come to church, uh, all the preachers say I'm a sinner. So I'm going to come to church. Listen, folks, we are, God wants to enlarge His love relationship with His people. That's why we're here. So that's to experience God. God designed you and I to worship. You believe that? Now, I'm not telling you you have to raise your hand. 
I'm not telling you you have to do something uh, special. I'm telling you this morning that God wants you to worship Him in a special way. Too many religion has more. It's more about a meaning to attend than it is about worship. Is that the way your life is this morning? I'm going to tell you a story this morning about a man named Ezekiah. He went to church one day. The king had died. He was down in the dump. He didn't have no answer for life. He walked into that church that day to worship to worship God, and he really didn't have worship from God on his mind. He just wanted to answer from God. And before he left that church house that morning, he saw God high and lifted up. Here's what we do. We want, to, we want to worship God in a way where we bring God down here. He's not our buddy. He's God. He's holy. He's righteous. He, he's the answer to everything. God has to be worshipped up here. In other words, I've got to lift my eyes up so I can get a glimpse of heaven. And, and Isaiah said, oh, such a sinner am I. He's going to listen to me. God said, he said, told God, said, I want to use you. And Isaiah said, here I am to you. When's the last time you looked up? You trying to get your worship service to God down here? Then you're not worshiping God. David said, Oh, I have a desire. Oh, there's something that I, that I, that I think more than anything in the world. And he was running from Saul, and Saul was trying to kill him, and he was living in caves. And you know what David had on his mind? It wasn't me, oh my, where am I? Had God take care of this? He said, God, I have a desire. I, there's something I'm seeking for, and that's to be with God's people in God's house and, and see God lifted up. That's what worship is. Don't bring worship. Worship is enjoying God for who He is. Have you have you experienced Him today? When's the last time you saw God as He is? Did you say, Brother Doug, the day I was saved, you missed you missed All that you need today. Today. And then God says, I'm going to give you prayer. And here's what we do. God, I thank you for everything you've given me. Bless me again today. Watch over over me. Don't let nothing happen to me and my family. Thank you, Jesus. Get up and go. And we wonder sometimes why God don't answer prayer. Or wonder why we don't even hear His voice anymore. It's because His voice has gone silent in our life. And we can't figure it out. Oh, I'm a good Christian, but I go to church every Sunday. I do all those things that are right. And God says, I'll tell you what you do, but look, here's what you need to do. You need to get your mind and heart back in the game. You need to get it where your feet's at. You need to understand that you have a... that you have an opportunity. I love the Apostle Paul. Here he was, a killer of Jesus. On his way to Damascus to get to He held the cloak of the guys who stoned Stephen to death. God stopped him on the Damascus road. And he blinded him. 
And I'm not going to tell you God's going to blind you. But I will tell you, if you don't have a relationship with God through prayer that is meaningful to your life, He's going to take some things out of your life that you wish you had that. Paul come to point before he died. You know what Paul said? He said, oh, the only thing I want to know. And he said, I can't everything else is done. The only thing I want to know is I want to know the, the worship God and have, know the power of God in my life. That word know means to experience, to seek after, to desire in my life. And the only way that my prayer life is going to be meaningful is that I seek those things of God. I can't say the quick prayers. Oh, they're working in emergency sometimes, yeah. But I need to have a relationship with God where I've fallen on my face. Yeah, you heard it in the Baptist church. Where I fall on my face and I say, God, I'm undone. I'm unclean. I need your power in my life. The only thing, God, I want to experience in my life is your power and your grace. God, I'm lifting up my life to you. When's the last time you experienced a prayer like that? God gives us commandments. I don't want to hear nothing about no commandments. That's the reason I don't go to church like all the The preachers are always talking about commandments. I heard a comment made not too long ago. Because George is getting on us too much. But that's the reason people, uh, we need to know a little bit more about, uh, about now listen, folks, I agree with you, we need to know more about salvation and all that stuff. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. God's Word is, is used to put me in a position where I have to answer God. Don't worry about Brother George. When Brother George preaches a message, God's going to expect me to answer, not Brother George. The message was for me. Now, I can look at it in any way I want to. And I can blame anything I want to. If so-and-so would dress better, I'd come to Sunday school. You know, we got all these excuses. But I'm the one that's going to have to answer. Because the Holy Spirit is using my heart. At that time. God's commandments are to mean something. Not forsaking the sinners of yourself together as the manner of some. Ought to be here, open God's word, look at his commandments. Now listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something, commandments can become legalism. But it ain't gonna happen in this church. We're here to worship Jesus. We're here to worship the Almighty God. We're here to have a, 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 a relationship with, with, with God that is meaningful. Ain't no legalism going to happen in this church. So, but legalism can become something that keeps me from experiencing God the way He wants me to experience it. That's the way my mom and daddy did it. That's what I got to do. That's the way I was saying. That's the only thing I know.
Jeremiah gave as he became satisfied with the wisdom about the presence of God. Now I'm going to tell you something that's a serious place to be, folks. Because now I understand something. This is not just Old Testament stuff. When you and I pray with God, God's going to pray with us. And guess what? God's got all the time. And I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Open up your Bible and I think they've got it pretty up on the screen for you to see how it works. The Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. Here's what we do. Why do I live in spiritual poverty if I am? When I have all the access to God. Jesus died so that you and I can have it all. And too many of God's people are living outside in the world with their mind and their heart, and they don't understand what they have. Colossians uh, 3, starts verse 4, says, If you seek, since, the word if there means since, since you seek, since you then be risen with Christ. Are you, are you a child of God? And you've been raised up with God, right? Okay. So what is it that I, what is it that you, that you need God to do? Since you already have everything. See, you and I have answered to prayer. You and I have God's word. You and I have worship. You and I have church. And I could go on and on and on. And guess what? The person who's lost don't have squat. So what is it that I, that I need so that I become more like like Christ? Those things which are above. It says, seek those things which are above. The word seek means I get in there and get for it. I tell you what, if uh, if I had a million dollars outside and I told everybody in this church, I got a million dollars out there, you find it, you have it. This church has to be more shovels to come out of back of truck than you ever believe. And everybody go to digging. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. And God says, you and I need to seek the, seek the things that are above. We spend too much time with our eyes on the world and not up. And that's the reason so many times our heart and our mind are not with our feet in our church because we're thinking about those things that are above, uh, that are here. And God says, I want you to think about things up there. You're risen with Christ. Everything my son has, God says, belongs to you. And guess what? Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the soul, and he's taking making sure I do get it all. He's my mediator. Set your affection. What do you love this morning? That word set me to fix. What are you in love with this morning? Things, they're okay. And I'm not going to preach against things, because I like things too. They're okay. But if my attention is fixed on this world, I've been robbed. Because I don't have a relationship 
with the creator. Yeah, I'm going to something. He created me. What are your questions at this moment? Verse 3. For you are dead. Everybody say dead. I'm dead to the world. I'm dead to Satan. I'm dead to lostness. I'm dead to those things that are keeping me from experiencing God. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not alive to that stuff anymore. So why in the world am I walking through this life and I, and I, I, I don't have my eyes up. I got them on the world. We think all this stuff out here is so important. And God said, you need to look up because I got something I want you to experience in your life. And brother Doug, you're missing it and you need to seek it. Go after it. Somebody wants to say there's 7,000 promises in this Bible. You know something about me? I ain't got them all yet, but I still got time 80 years old anyway. I'm trying to get every one I can find. And the best one is God himself. Why do we not experience God's blessing? Number one, because of ignorance. And number two, because of unbelief. Ignorance of the resources in Christ, we fail to realize what we have. Did what? Did what? You're right, brother, right in front of us. Did what Satan does. He comes and passes on the You need to believe God will give you all those things he said he did. Do you really believe that God will walk with you and love you and forgive you? Do you believe that you're a child and you're special to Him? Do you believe that God will really send His Son? See, that's the way He's done Adam and Eve. Isn't it? You say, well, I haven't been taught that. Let me share something with you. Why are we doing God's word and find it out of faith? How come somebody's got to have it tell us about it? The second one is unbelief. In other words, uh, uh, it always keeps Christians mired in spiritual poverty. We need to get off self-pity. Satan got us on a self-pity train. And you can hear it. You say, guess what I'm going to do today, God? I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to go to your house, and I'm going to pray for I get there, and I'm going to lay my heart open to you, and I'm going to I'm going to worship you when I get there because I want to discover more about you today than I than I knew yesterday. And here comes Satan. And before I get to church, I'm on his self pity train. He's calling all the boys. All the boys. Wishing we could change. But God, I really want this to God. See? I want to encourage you to do something, brother. I want to encourage you to take your heart and mind and put it in the future. In the presence of Almighty God, 
understanding who I am, why I am, and that He loves me the most. I'm going to tell you something. There was a man, a game warden. And he always met the fishing in the stock. Every day, you know how game wardens are, they want to get somebody to fish for something, right? And then, this one guy caught a lot more fish than everybody else did. And he's thinking to himself, how can this guy catch all these fish and these other two or three dozen, they don't, they don't catch that many fish. So he asked the guy one day, he said, how do you catch all these fish? The guy said, you want to go fish one tomorrow? And Dave Morton said, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll do that. So they get out there in the boat, they get about out there where the guy's wanting to fish. He opens up the bag, takes out a stick of dynamite, lights it, throws it in the lake, boom, fish come to the top, and again, boy, he says, boy, I'm going to put you in jail. I'm going to give you more tickets than you ever have. Why are you doing that? About that time, that man puts his hand back in the sack, takes out a big stick of dynamite, lights it, and throws the game warden's sack. And the game board get all excited, you know, mummy and everything. The guy looks at him and says, what are you going to do? You going to talk or you going to fish? And I said, can I say something to talk? The stick of dynamite is the Holy Spirit. And God is showing you your life this morning. And he said, what are you going to do? Are you going to talk? Or are you going to make a decision today? See, the game board had to make a decision. I, I can do it. I just want you to make it. And God's Holy Spirit is talking spiritual things today. And God put it in your life, in your heart. And he spoke to me this morning. He made you in the service of your life. Today is the day to come Today is the day to come to our Savior and say, I can't make it. I'm lost. I'm stumbling through this life with no life on it. And Jesus is lost. It's gone. And today, I'm going to make that decision. I'm not worried about what anybody else says, what they, what they think, because I want the right to go. It's good. Whatever it is, you put the Holy Spirit in your life. And lift it up. And fear you, obey you, whatever it may be. With the worship people more, love people more, care about, whatever it may be, you want me to not stop. 
You see, God always teaches at the point of disobedience. Now, we can run off and go down the road and do all these things to make us feel so good. But we'll have to go back to that point. Is God not going into it? Come back and pray. Maybe you need some of these to pray. Just pray for all the blessing you need in your life. Maybe you need to come and just feel that. Whatever it is you say, just pray to your family. And just stand with your family. It can be your heart, and you didn't make the decision. I will keep coming right now. It's not for me. It's for you. Whatever it is, you make the decision. That's what you Don't wait.